This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. And we are recording. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show, uh, whether that be via your podcast listening device on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. Or if you're watching live on Twitch, what's up? If you're What's watching on, this guys? on Twitch, or you can actually watch this later on after uh, we've recorded this for like two weeks or something like that on Twitch. So um, tonight is November 3rd, 2019. We're recording this just after 6 o'clock. Will, it's been a long week. Um, yeah. Not we'll, – we'll get to talk about, you know, Orlando Magic in a, in a second, but um, little one's been sick. My wife's been sick. I've been sick. You I sound think I'm like getting you're sick getting sick. So – uh, just just really been a, a long week in general, and uh, the Magic really didn't do too much to to really help us out. Nah. Right, so five games this week. The Magic go one and four right now. You know, they sit at two and four on the season right now, so um, not exactly what we wanted, not great. Uh, there are some things to be concerned about, I think, yeah, just mainly the offense. The sky is not falling, so if you're one of these people saying the entire team sucks, everybody's trash, we need to trade everybody, you need to do one of two things. I'm not going to say what you probably should do, but you just need to chill out you know, and, and really pump the brakes. No, it, um, it's, it's crazy because people are already jumping off the bandwagon Yeah, you know, just a couple games in. like we're, we're not even close to being where we will be by the end of the year. Um, the guys are still just warming up getting used to the the nba uh the regular season and we still got a long way to go you yeah. know it's, it's too early to be jumping off ship already it's it's been six games if you're jumping off of the ship already that means you probably didn't jump on the ship until yeah you weren't recently. there yeah you weren't you there to begin saying? with and i'm not i'm not trying to make excuses for the magic like oh we've been so much worse so like this is okay the way they're playing right now but like think about where we've been the last seven years we've seen a lot worse than this and you've if you have stuck with the team this long like this really is not that bad. No. We've lost to either some teams that are playing really well so far and kind of above what their expectations were, or we've just been playing really good teams. Like, it's kind of yeah, a mixture of both. Yeah. The Magic offense just, like, really has not been able to get it going. But um, it's been a week now, basically, since we p- played Atlanta. So I don't think Will and I are going to spend too much time talking about some of these, you know, games from earlier in the week. You know, when we talk about, you know, looking at, you know, the loss against Atlanta and the loss against Toronto. Um, not going to spend too much time on that. My feeling is just like you guys have probably already kind of the one of the good things about doing this, you know, once a week is that we have so much to talk about. Yeah. But like the downside is like some of this stuff is like really old news when we're talking about, you know, some of these games in earlier in the week. But Let's talk about Atlanta because it is important. It did happen. So, um, you know, back, um, what was that, Saturday or, or, or last Sunday? It's been so long now. It's been such a long week with Halloween and all this stuff going on. I don't yeah, remember, it's been crazy. remember what day it was, to be honest. But uh, the Orlando Magic travel to Atlanta and lose 103 to 99. So, for me, like, the first couple of minutes, the biggest thing in this game was going to be like, okay, we need to limit Trey Young. Like, I think coming into this game, I think the Hawks, I, I think Trey Young um, had like 37 points yeah, or something had, like that. I think you he know, had in, two like back to back 30 season games. openers, right? So, like, coming into this, it was like, all right, 
Like, just need to slow down Trey Young and everything, you know, will work itself out. Everything will be fine, right? Well, 10 minutes into the game or five minutes into the game, whatever, Trey Young's already got 10 points. Yeah. He's hitting like 30 footers and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of put the magic behind the eight ball at first. Magic come back. Uh, we did take a, a three point lead to end, you know, the first quarter. Uh, ended up trailing at halftime. Uh, but really going through this game, it was pretty like back and forth, like the whole way. Um, it felt like the Magic were going to pull it out just because, you know, Atlanta is a team that we really should be able to put away, especially going yeah. into like the fourth quarter yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but just a, a couple of things. Trey Young hits a freaking crazy bank shot um, over Markel Fultz in the, you know, the closing seconds of the game to, to kind of put the game out of reach, put the Hawks up by like five at that point. Um, but really, this early in the season, it was just still like we weren't getting. Uh, what we needed out of a few guys. Like we look at this game, Aaron Gordon shot four of 10 from the floor with 10 points. Jonathan Isaac, three of 10 from the floor with eight points. Terrence Ross, especially one of eight from the floor uh, with eight points. One of three out of Mo Bamba, 0 for three out of Al Farouk Aminu. And to me, like the biggest thing in this game was just, you know, and it's unfortunately it's become a trend now. We didn't know that at the time, uh, but the Magic just could not put the ball in the hoop. Shot thirty five point four percent from the floor, sixteen percent from the three point line. Um, the only thing that really kept us in this game, Will, was our free throw shooting. Yeah, we shot twenty four out of twenty six uh, to Atlanta's eight out of fifteen. So you shoot eleven more free throws, uh, even though you're shooting so poorly, it can you know help keep you in the game. But uh, Atlanta also a young team that's going to turn the ball over a lot. They had eighteen turn turnovers to Orlando's uh, 10 but what was the biggest thing for you uh, in this Atlanta game um to me it's just us not making shots right I mean you're looking at the the box score and um yeah just looking at it you see that Markel Fultz is one of our best three-point shooters in this game like you're, we're not gonna win the only guy to hit more than one yeah three. we're not yeah. gonna win Right now, with Markel being our, you know, our best three-point shooter, no, um, not a chance. So that that was kind of you know surprising, and then just T. Ross not not hitting anything in the past couple games too. It's just like he's he's onto such a cold. We're gonna start talk to more about that. We're definitely gonna talk more about you know uh, it's rough, Mr. Mr. Ross. But I mean, but. the biggest takeaway is we let you know Trey Young do whatever he wanted, yeah. scoring those thirty-nine points. Like that guy was he. Nobody could stop him. I mean, towards the end of the game, he hits a a shot to, you know, save you know stay in the lead and and off the backboard is just a crazy shot. Um, you know, it's just stuff like that doesn't usually happen. I don't think our he's going to be doing that all season. No, um, there's no. And then way. he was the only one. You look at the the box score and you know he's got thirty nine, and then you have two other two other players with ten points. Um, so you know, three guys in double digits and those two, Jabari Parker, um, Hoarder, just with 10, 10 yeah, points. Yeah, like Jabari, I mean, I think he only had like 10 points or something in this game, but it just seems like every time we played Jabari Parker lately, he ends up giving us the business. Like, I think he had a game last year with the, the Wizards where he gave us like 19 points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the biggest thing for me. You know, Trey Young just kind of going off, nobody really uh, being able to, I don't even know if it's really like contain him. I just feel like we're, we were... We weren't playing into his body as much. You know, he's a a smaller guy if you're physical with him. Yeah. Um, depends on, you know, which way the refs are going to call it. But uh, at least make him work for it. Make him sweat. That's the biggest thing, you know, when you see guys like Chris Paul uh, is a guy that gives Steph Curry a lot of problems because he's so physical with him, gets up into his body. You don't give him space to pull up and, and hit those shots yeah. on you. So. Or even like a Patrick Beverly just like yeah. attacking him all the time. 
um, you know, just playing that that tough defense. And like we we just said, like he was Trey Young just doing whatever he wanted, just getting all his shots. I mean, shooting sixteen for twenty five. I mean, yeah, five of ten, for five three, of ten for three. Know? Like if we're letting him do that, I think we we talked about it on the last pod that we needed to at least slow him down, and that's something obviously we obviously didn't, did we not didn't happen. Do. Well, the the thing that has just been kind of, you know, becoming like a trend is just like leaving guys open from the three-point line. You know, we saw that against Milwaukee. We saw that some last night against Denver. But we'll talk more about those games in a moment. But let's roll over and let's talk, you know, about uh, Toronto. So uh, the Magic go up to, to Toronto, uh, up to Scotiabank Arena, you know, the first time um, since losing in five games, you know, in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah. Some of the guys talked about the fact that, you know, you're you're back in that building and you kind of get some of those, you know, feelings back of the playoffs and, you know, good memories, but still had kind of a sour taste in their mouth uh, from losing in five. But Magic were, you know, looked to, to bounce back, um, you know, in this one after the, the, the tough loss in Atlanta, but down 31 to 22 in the first quarter. And, and really the, the main thing in this game, um, for me at least, and I, you hate to blame, you know, a game on officiating. So I'm not really blaming officiating because um, when we look at, you know, this game and we look at, you know, last night's game uh, against Denver, um, just being able to guard these like elite perimeter players without fouling them is, yeah. is is really an issue. So I mean, they shot twenty eight out of thirty free throw attempts in this game. Magic only end up losing by nine. You know, and, and part of that was it was a pretty close game. You know, into that fourth quarter, but then you leave Kyle Lowry wide open. He hits a big three, and then. Markel Fultz is trying to fight over a screen to stay with Kyle Lowry. Ends up bumping him. He has three free throws at the line. He makes all three of those. Yeah. And basically, at that point, you know, the game was completely over. But like the early part of the season, we can't stress this enough. Has been the offense shooting thirty eight point two percent from the floor, not from Mm -hmm. the three point line. Yeah, from the floor. You shoot like that from the three point line, like. You can live with that. You know, you won the game, but you're shooting under 40% from the floor like in multiple outings to start the season. This is just not good. And and the problem has not been the defense. I mean, we look at Atlanta. You know, we held them to 103 points. We hold Toronto to 104 points. But the Magic have still yet to break 100 points 100 themselves points. on this season. <clears throat> so, I mean, you've got, you know, Kyle Lowry scoring 26 points um, and really not shooting the ball that well from the floor. But 9 of 10 from the free throw line. You've got Siakam 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Fred Van Vliet 7 of 7 from the free throw line. I mean, it doesn't help that, you know, you've got Pascal Siakam, 24 points, 9 rebounds. He ended that game with five personal fouls. I mean, there's a play within the last couple minutes or so where you clearly see him extend that forearm into Jonathan Isaac, and Jonathan Isaac goes to the deck. Rest just did not call that at all. So, I mean, I hate to blame any game on officiating because my, you know, philosophy is always, like, if you play well enough, you're not going to really allow the rest to decide the game. But when you're, you know, not able to guard without fouling a team shooting 30 free throws on a, in a game where the Magic only shoot 18, and then the rest miss a call like that, you know, on Siakam, and then it's just like, what what are we going to do in that in that situation? You know? Yeah. So, uh, but like, let's look at this. Vooch, one of 13 from the floor in this game. Aaron Gordon, one of six. So. 
Now, Vooch has had a couple of games since then where he's kind of bounced back and has looked a lot better. But to start the season, man, we're, we're just not getting anything out of the guys that we really need to. I mean, you look yeah. at Ross, one of eight from three. Like, that's not going to cut it either. Yeah, between just looking at it, you know, DJ going uh, three of nine. Uh, like you said, Gordon, one of one of six. Um, you know, Vooch, one of 13. Um, it's just like between three starters, we're scoring 17 points. Yeah, you know, that's it's, terrible. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And then, I mean, looking at the, the numbers, too, just the field goal percentage, like you said, 30, uh, we scored, what was it, 38% um, field, for the yeah, field goal. Yeah, from the floor. And uh, so, did, so did Toronto. That's like, what I'm saying. And then the, the three-point percentage, we shot a little bit better, um, just made two more uh, three-point shots than they did. Um, but like you said, the, the free throw percentage, you can 28 out of 30, and we only take 18. Like, and honestly, I'm not mad at 18. You know, if we get to the at least for the Magic, 18 free throws in a game is yeah. is is pretty much like that's usually how it comes out in the wash. But you allow them once again to shoot 30 free throws. I mean, like you just said, we hold them to under 40% for the from the game, you know, from from the floor, under 30% on the on threes. A game like that, like against a team you know as good as Toronto, they went like what, like seventeen and five last year or something like that without Kawhi Leonard. This yeah, they were this still is still solid. a good team. Yeah. If you look at Siakam, like they did not make a mistake giving him that extension. Like he looks like the real deal. He looks like a guy that's going to be a, an All Star for a long time. You know, yeah. so holding a team to you know shooting that poorly, like you really have to find a way to win. Uh, we've we've got teams like you know Miami that are you know revamped with Jimmy Butler that are gunning for you know a playoff spot. We've still got teams like um, the Celtics, Indiana, Detroit. All these teams are going to be fighting for for yeah. you know playoff spots, and that's my main thing throughout you know this first you know week and a half through the regular season is when you have an opportunity to win these games, man. You just you've got to find a way. There there's no excuses anymore. You know we've we've made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This team has has showed us, and you know, some people are like, "Oh, the sky is falling," and they're they're freaking out about everything. Yeah, people are going crazy. But you still have the right to be upset about these games. Nobody is saying that. Like we as fans have seen what this team is capable of. We need to hold them to a higher standard at this point. And through the first week and a half, man, I'm sorry, but it's just not cutting it. This is not good enough. I, I don't think anybody on the roster would tell you it's good enough. I know for sure that Clifford wouldn't say that this is yeah. good enough, but. Um, Man, just and I mean, we're mostly talking about just the offensive side of the ball. Right, defensively, we're solid. Right, um, and hopefully, you know, going into the rest of these games, our defense leads to more offense and just making making shots off of or making scoring points off of turnovers and stuff like that, just to get these guys going because you know these guys are so cold right now. It's it's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. The thing with me, um, you know, I, I just feel like I've been saying the word rotations, rotations, rotations so much. You know, I've been doing these quick little videos after each game kind of sharing, you know, my thoughts. And, and that's the only thing that I can think of. Yes, it's, you know, early in the season. Uh, you know, you have a shortened preseason. So that really didn't help. Guys are knocking off rust and stuff. But, like, we luckily, the you know, the last couple of games, you know, we've had, you know, a few injuries, which has allowed Clifford to kind of, tighten up the lineups a little bit but at some point to me it's like 
if guys aren't you know comfortable in their roles, um, if guys aren't getting their you know regular minutes, if they don't feel like they can get into a rhythm, to me that's got to feed into you know what's happening you know yeah. with the offense. But let's move on to to uh, Wednesday's or Thursday's game. It was um, against the Knicks. So the Knicks come you know into Orlando. Um, and, and the Magic took care of business in this one. So 95 to 83. This is a game that never really felt like it was in danger, you know, at least from my perspective. Um, the Magic were trailing at halftime, but just took over in that second half. I would say that second half was really, to me, the best ha- half of basketball that we've played so far this season. And it was the first and really the only half so far that we looked like that team that finished out the season last year starts off at with the with the big man down low Nick Vucevic 21 points 13 rebounds on 8 of 17 shooting and then what, what have we been saying if we get anything out of Vooch and Aaron that would have been the difference you know in these first few games that we lost this yeah. week and then you'd get just that you get 15 points 11 rebounds out of Aaron Gordon 6 of 13 from the floor 3 of 6 behind the arc and and that was really the difference to me um outside of that though we really need to start talking about the fact especially if this team starts to win some games Jonathan Isaac I mean at the, at the beginning I was like okay maybe he'll get some votes for the all defensive team Right now, he looks like a lock to make an all-defensive team. Now, we have to start asking ourselves the question, like, does this kid have the potential right now, this this season, to win Defensive Player of the Year? I want to get your thoughts on that. I haven't asked you that. I mean, I think he does, um, but if we're not winning games, I don't think they're going to give it to him. I, to me, it's just that simple. If, right. if it's not leading to wins, they're not going to give it to him. So as we as the season you know progresses and we improve then he's going to you know climb that ladder for defensive player of the year bro his block on Mitchell Robinson in the second half where he just like Robinson I think he got past Vooch and is going up to the rim and I think maybe Aaron was also there uh, but Jonathan Isaac just comes out of nowhere and meets this dude at the summit yeah. and like Robinson is a gigantic like athletic dude and for Isaac to just deny him at the rim like that like and then you see some of his defense in, in the fourth quarter on Julius Randle. Like, Julius Randle, 16 points, 10 rebounds in this game, shot 7 of 13 from the floor. So, had it going offensively yeah. and was just, like, completely stifled by Isaac. Like, the kid, just the deflections, how he's able to, even if he's not blocking a shot, just the way that he's able to to alter shots and, and, and make guys think twice about what they're going to do with the basketball when he's around, to me, it, it is really just incredible. But um, the first time... Um, in the last couple of games that the Magic get over, you know, into the the 40s as far as shooting the ball from the floor. So shot 42% in this one, shot 37% from three, which you can never be mad at that, and then limited the turnovers, um, just seven Magic turnovers to the Knicks, 11 points. I mean, this is a team coming in, you know, we were – you know, favored looking at uh, the the over under here um, and the and the spread. We were favored by nine and a half in this game, so that tells you this is a team coming in that really the Magic should you know take care of business and and yeah, I bet you know the Magic to um, you know beat the spread when they play the Hawks. I put twenty five bucks on it. And the Magic screwed me on that, so <laughs> I'm not betting basketball for the rest of the year. It's just like. Betting on football is like one thing, but like the tough. NBA, anybody can beat anybody on any, any given night. So it's just, it's really just not worth it. But the another thing 
at the beginning of this game at least was you heard Steve Clifford before the game talking to David Steele or maybe it was Dante Marcatelli I don't remember but saying that like our emphasis you know I think Mitchell Robinson averaged like four and a half or five blocks a game against us last year yeah and he's like you can't go at this guy like you've got to you know find a way to to get him moving get him out of the paint whatever like the first possession of the game Aaron Gordon goes right at Mitchell Robinson and gets blocked. Yeah. I think it was like two plays later, Vooch went to go right at Mitchell Robinson, got blocked. So it's like, I don't know what's going on right now with Steve Clifford in the locker room. Like, yeah, there's, they're there's, not executing. They're not going with the game plan. Like, I know, and there's other games too, but um, just times where you're like, you you know Coach Cliff has said something to these guys about what they're doing, and right. they continue to still do it. You know, and it's like, you like, we know that Clifford isn't going to be like, oh, he's just like ignoring it or or whatever, you know. He's telling these guys, hey, this is where we got to make improvements. These are the adjustments you need to make. And to me, it just feels like sometimes they just continue to go to their old ways, um, especially sometimes just Evan just driving to the hole and then oh, waiting, waiting for the entire squad to come up to him to then try to kick it out and just force, you know, turnovers right there. Um, but like little things like that. But I, I'm I'm glad to see that. Gordon, you know, he, he, he's being more vocal and he's trying to become more of a leader. So, you know, leading into the into the uh, second half, Gordon goes into the locker room. He gives like a little pep talk to the team telling them, hey, you know, we need to get this ball moving. We need to get the defense going, comes out. And then you see what we did in that that third quarter. You know, first 19 shots we make, uh, we make 13 out of them. Um, so it led to good offense. And, and, you know, from there we just – we end up winning the game. So you can tell when Aaron, you know, speaking up a little bit um, and getting these guys going, they just need to, to get something going, especially that offense, man. It's just – It's it's know. all the way bad right now. And the thing that I kind of want to point out is like, yeah, last year we got off to a really slow start, obviously. You know, we were 21 and 31 before ending the, the year on a 22 and – and nine run, you know, to make the playoffs and everything like that. So it's like we know this team has the ability to kind of figure things out and turn around and, and get it going. But, like, how many years, you know, out of the past, you know, five years, I would say, you know, the first couple of years, like, you know, you're tanking, like you're rebuilding or whatever. But then we start to get some pieces, you know, Victor Oladipo, Tobias, Tobias Harris, Harris yeah. Aaron Gordon, like all these guys. And it's like, all right, like there's a clear, like, plan here, like, be a hard-nosed defensive team you're gonna have to grind it out on offense but like playing hard on defense is gonna give you like a a path to win every single game and for how many years was it like all right we've seen this team go on like seven or eight game like stretches where they look really we might not win every game but we're in those games we're competitive we're moving the ball well we're playing defense all this stuff and it's like what is it gonna take for you guys to realize like this is how you have to play in order to win. We've yeah. been saying this for five years or whatever. Yeah. At this point, it's like, you guys just finished the year 22-9 and nine playing a certain way. Moving the ball. Ball movement. Like, getting open shooters. Like, all this stuff. And it's all, like, all of a sudden, it, at times, it's like, oh, no, we just we just want to play, you know, Evan and, and Vooch, two-man pick and roll with either, you know, Evan trying to throw up a floater or throw it to Vooch at the last second who's been getting blocked at the rim. Or he wants to turn the ball over. Yeah. he Evan is driving, has Aminu and Jonathan Isaac wide open for three and just 
it, it just forcing stuff. So it, it's just kind of like to me, it's like okay, maybe part of it is like you know Clifford trying to figure things out, but like a lot of this is on the players, and we'll talk more about Clifford in a yeah, couple yeah. minutes. But to your point, it's just it's just frustrating when they know what they need to do and they don't do it. Yeah, it's, it, and it's it's the same guys doing the same thing over and over and over, and yeah. it's just like you know. I, we know they watch tape. Like, you know what you're doing wrong. Why do you continue to keep doing these same, the same mistakes over and over and over? It's just – it keeps going and going and going. It's You know, we're not going to win playing that style of basketball. You know this, so why do you continue to do it? Well, the reason I wanted to talk about the fact that they, you know, they clearly talked about a game plan, right, at the beginning of that New York game. Now, we ended up winning, so you can't really argue with the results. But early in that game, it's like – you guys just talked about not going at Mitchell Robinson. Game starts, you go right at Mitchell Robinson, right? So let's talk about Milwaukee now. So Milwaukee comes in and just like blows the doors off of the Magic, right? I think we were up like twenty to seven at the beginning of this game. Yeah, looked we were we we're up absolutely right. phenomenal. Yeah, we look good. And then Milwaukee just goes on like a huge run, and from that point, like the Magic just never really got you know control of this game again. So. In this game, Clifford comes out and says, you know, like going into the game, the two biggest things that we went over were guarding the three-point line and limiting fast break opportunities. The Bucks ran all over the Orlando Magic. I don't have the, the fast break points in front of me. I'll try to look that up in a moment. Uh, but at least from the three-point line, they shot uh, 36%, 17 of 47. It just, it just felt like every time you turned around, like Ursan Ilyasova was, uh, was wide open. Or Chris Middleton, or Eric Bledsoe, or or Sterling Brown, just any one of these guys was just wide open for three at all times. And for me, it just really continues to be a trend. Is like, and this was a problem, you know, three four years ago, with like the Oladipo teams, is that like we just could not guard the three point line. Yeah, we have way too much defensive versatility, long, quick guys on this team that are great on-ball defenders. You talk about Markel Fultz. You talk about Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Al Farouk Aminu. Like, all these guys are such good on-the-ball defenders. And then we've got guys like like an Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross who hold their own. You know, they're solid team defenders, but like there's just no excuse. And honestly, Milwaukee really didn't shoot the ball that well from three. Or we... You know, we lost this game by 32 points. We could have lost this game by 40 or 50 if they were really, you know, yeah. on their game and shooting the ball well. But, Will, I want you to just look at the team stats that we have here. Go through every single one of these stats. What do you notice? Just take a quick glance. The Bucks have the advantage in every single statistical category in this game. You look at field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throw percentage, total rebounds, assists. Yeah, steals, they just had a monster blocks, game. turnovers, like outside of fouls, outside of fouls. They had more personal fouls than we did, but yeah. they still end up shooting one more free throw. So this was yeah. like all around just a complete beatdown. It was a disaster of a game. Like how do you start a game that hot and then the bench comes in and just everything just completely falls apart. So let's let's look at the – now, you know, raw plus minus isn't always like the end-all be-all. Right. So first of all, Michael Carter Williams is out of this game. He suffered a hip contusion in the game against the Knicks. Mo Bamba, they've decided he's going to sit out one of the games whenever the Magic have a back to back this season. So he set out. So I was like, okay, maybe we'll see a nine man rotation. No. Still decides to play Melvin Frazier. 
Uh, well, that was really garbage time. For, forget about that. What I meant was still decides to play um, Wessel Wundu, right? He only got in about 12 minutes before Cliff realized that it just was not happening, wasn't working with that 10-man. And then Ken Birch played 22 minutes. Let's look at the starters raw plus minus, though. Evan Fournier, minus 4. Vooch, minus 3. Gordon, minus 3. Now, Isaac... Uh, and DJ played a fair amount with the the second unit, so that's kind of what I'm getting to. But minus 19, minus 17, Ross a minus 26, Fultz a minus 13, Aminu minus 18, a one do minus 22, Birch minus 29. What I'm trying to get at is that the starters came out, played really really well, held their own. The bench comes in, the floodgates opened up. Yeah, Milwaukee just came back, and the Magic were just never able to get it back from that point. Really great ball movement in that first quarter, especially. But even when the starters came in in the, the second half, like it just was the ball was sticking. It just did not have that same flow that we had in the first half. But really, what I want to say is we have got to find a freaking way to get this bench unit scoring. I mean, we'll talk about rant over. Yeah, we'll talk about the next game because that's you know the the, the I don't lineup. Even, yeah, I don't the lineup changes the a little bit. I don't want to um, talk about the Bucks game. It's just but, you know, coach embarrassing. I, coach Clifford, he's trying, man. It's just if if we're not making shots, you know, the the whole point of the game is to to score more points than the other team. And if we're not making these shots that we're hoping these guys can make, like Terrence Ross is just ice cold. If he's not making those those shots, he's primarily our our you know, our go-to scorer um, besides Evan, you know, somebody you can give the ball to and be like, he, you know, make this shot for us. He's supposed to be our, our, uh, one of our primary shooters, right. you know, one of our best shooters that we have on the team and he, he can't make it. So who else are you looking to that you're going to give them the ball and be like, here, give us, give us some points, you know, score, score this bucket. Cause you're looking at the team and there's nobody on the team right now that you can easily be like, if they're wide open, they're making that shot. Yeah. Like, there's nobody. No. So, and T. Ross is supposed to be that Maybe guy Evan. for us. Give Evan's playing sometimes. well. Evan's playing well. Like, apart from, there's, I would say, probably a three or four minute stretch in each game so far where it's like, you eliminate that from your game and you are, the like, the perfect role player. Not not elite defensively, but good enough team defense, right? Yeah. Good enough in the pick and roll to make plays, find other guys. Um, as long as he plays within himself when the ball is in his hands, you know, spot-up jumpers I'm completely fine with. Some of the runners, he's really good at getting to the rim, but there's these three or four minutes in each game where it yeah. just kind of creeps in, where he plays hero ball and then just gets so fixated on trying to get the ball to Vooch, if he's not scoring, that's when you want to kill him, and that's when people are like, all right, get this guy off my team or whatever. But just so frustrated about that Milwaukee game, I don't want to talk about it. But now we're going to talk about some more frustration, right? So last night, second night of a back-to-back, uh, Denver comes into town. Denver is a, a team that has not been you know, sh- shooting the ball really all that well, um, but so let's get right into this, right? So Vooch plays really well. 24.7 rebounds, 10 of 16 from the floor. Aaron Gordon plays his best game of the season so far. 21 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. He shot 9 of 15 from the floor. Looking at Denver, right? So you've got Jamal Murray, 22 points. Jokic, 20 points. But we lost 91 to 87, Right. Yeah. So this game was really just back and forth the whole way. The Magic are up nine at the end of the first quarter. Right. 
Um, but it, we just go on this. It felt like it felt like Fultz was out of the game for actually. What am I doing? We're jumping way ahead here, right? Biggest thing about this game, we talked about the fact that Markel Fultz, for me at least, was starting by like December, by Christmas, like at, yeah, or maybe even like the All Star break. Sixth game of the year, Clifford decides to pull DJ. Yes, he does. Start Markel Fultz. Looking at all the analytics, the analytics tell you the best lineup that we've had on the floor this year has been with Markel Fultz, with Evan, Jonathan, with Aaron, the starting lineup, and Vooch. Yep. Best net rating, if you look at the lineup as far as uh, DJ and the starters go, we had a better offensive rating, better defensive rating. We talked about this last week on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm not surprised you know, that Fultz is starting. I'm surprised, obviously, by how quickly he made this move, right? Another game where uh, Mar- uh, Michael Carter-Williams was out for the hip contusion, right? So this was really the first time we got a real look at a nine-man rotation, right? Or am I wrong? Oh, no. We saw Birch because Mo Bamba played he, all he of 10 out. minutes and yeah. fouls out. He fouls out. So Clifford probably planned on playing nine, nine. men. Yeah. Bamba fouling out in... 10 minutes, there's absolutely no yeah, excuse for that. Yeah. This, it, it it's just all the way bad. Looking yeah. at the free throws, and again, they shot 39 freaking free throws in this game. We shot 11. Absolutely inexcusable. Once again, we need to guard the three-point line, and they didn't even shoot that. They didn't even shoot that well. Okay, 32%, 9 of 28 from the floor for the game. But getting too many open looks, like Jokic came out in the second half, hit one, and it was just like every single time they're leaving Jokic <laughs> wide open. Now, if there's a guy that you want shooting threes on that team, maybe it's Jokic. But, in, I mean, last night shot three of seven, so it really did come back to bite us. But 39 free throws. This team is too good and too talented defensively to be guarding these guys and fouling like this. I Mo mean, adds six of those in ten minutes, yeah, and but there's just no excuse. You're comparing it to the amount of free throws we shot, like it's surprising this game was even that close, right? You know, you know that's us, how good this defense has been. Us shooting just eleven free throws and what we lose by four. Yep. You know, it is it's crazy, but and we had a real shot. I mean, you're you're down by what was it three in the last minute? Yeah. And Jokic just throws up a freaking rainbow fadeaway from the baseline, like yeah. an eighteen foot jumper that goes in. And as soon as that went in, I was like, this this game is basically over. That's that was over, in the yeah. last minute, but. Um, I, I just knew that the way that this team has struggled to score the basketball, it's just it's it's like a real problem, you know. Yeah. With two minutes left, I think we're 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 down by three. Um, Clifford waves Ross to come over to the scorers table to check into the game. Right, that's with two minutes left. There had to be at least three possessions like. We had the ball, they had the ball, we had the ball, they had the ball. I think Jokic hits that shot with a little bit under a minute left. Okay. And then Clifford decides he wants to call a timeout to get Ross into the game. If you know all we need is a bucket right now in this game, you know that we're not getting it from any of the guys that are on the floor. Yeah. Right? Why are you – you had two timeouts left. Call the timeout, get Terrence into the game so you can try to get a bucket. To me, as much as this – game is on us this game is also on Clifford man like in my opinion the very first game you know we went we were at opening night against the Cavs 
five minutes into this game, you see Fultz check into the game. That to me, that was like okay, that's I mean kind of weird. I don't really know what's going on there, but like you know, Terrence is our sixth man, and that's just continued. I especially thought with like M- Michael Carter Williams missing time, Mo being out, um, now Markel Fultz getting pushed into the starting lineup. I'm like, yeah. okay, now Terrence is going to be the the first guy in off the bench, and then like. Eight minutes into the game, here comes Aminu off the bench. I don't understand the logic behind not like Terrence has been inconsistent like his entire career up until last year, right? Yeah. Last year was his best year by far. That's always been the knock on Terrence going back to the Toronto days was that he has not been consistent enough, right? Has his best year last year, loves his role, loves the season that he had, his position with the team so much that he comes back on a good deal or yep, whatever. Gets paid. And me, I just think that, like, obviously with our team offensively, there's, like, a confidence issue that's spread like the plague, right? Especially, though, like, the guy that can get it going for everybody is Terrence Ross. Yeah. I don't understand why he's not the sixth man. I think as early as Tuesday night uh, when we play, what is it, OKC at OKC, Terrence needs to be the sixth man again coming in off of the bench. See, and and I believe that Clifford's going to continue to make these these adjustments with not with the the starting lineup, um, you know, mixing it in with some of the bench players. Um, and I feel like you'll see Ross get in there earlier um, and, you know, be the first one off the bench. So let's say Michael Carter-Williams is healthy on Tuesday. Do we play nine or we, do we play ten? Because the, the excuse up to this point has been guys aren't ready to play regular minutes. We're at our seventh game of the regular season. We no. played six preseason games. It's over. Get over no, we need to, that thing. No, they need to start Yeah, start if, playing them regular minutes. I've really been trying to hold my tongue about Michael Carter-Williams, like being the 10th guy, being the 10th guy, because I feel so strongly that if guys are not getting the minutes they need, especially the guys off of the bench, they're not getting the minutes they need to, to get in rhythm and stay in rhythm, that 10th man is really hurting us. So Michael Carter Williams has sat out the last couple of games with his hip contusion, so I haven't like completely freaked out. I can promise you right now, if Michael Carter Williams checks into the game, like as part of the rotation in in OKC, I'm going to freak out. Especially if we lose that game, I will freak out. I just the time is now, the time has come to end this ten man rotation crap. Yeah. Let's get back to what we were doing last year that made us so successful. We already know that the starting unit is better so far with Markel. DJ is going to come in, take care of the ball in that second unit. Say, yeah. Hopefully start to shoot the ball a little bit better as well. But we're not worried about the backup point guard role. We're not worried about the point guard position. We're worried about the rest of the bench. And the, the Al Farouk Aminu fast breaks... That crap has got to stop, too. I don't know what his turnover percentage is when he takes the ball up the floor, but it's not great. I'm not comfortable with him handling the ball. I'm, I'm, ah, oh, man. Yeah, there's, there's not. I'm salty this week. I can't lie. There's not a lot of good stuff to talk about this there's week. There's not. Um, but I, not. I, to me, if, if we knock down a couple, a couple shots in all of these games, we're having a different conversation. Right. We're not worrying about these little things, you know, and Terrence coming off second off the bench and stuff like that. If we're winning these games, we're looking at it and you know, we could easily be what? 5 and 1 or something or 4 and 2 four, at like, least. 4 yeah. and 2, like we'd be winning these games. And you look through all the games we played this week. 
um, besides the Milwaukee game that we got blown out at, we had a chance to win every single game. Right. So just it's it's just like the free throws, like us. I don't know if it's like they're attacking the rim. It's I don't want to say that's one of the issues, but it's just like one is the ball movement. Right. Because I feel like Evan just tri- he just pounds the air out of the ball sometimes. I'm he like, does. what are you doing? And then to me, I feel like if if Aaron kind of always steps back for for that three point shot and he just kind of waits for it. Um, maybe if he steps in a couple feet into that three point, um, into the paint, um, and not always standing right behind the three point line, waiting for them to pass him the ball. Um, we're talking about something else, you know, it's going to be a different story. If they throw the ball to Aaron, Aaron goes, you know, to drive it into the hole, just kind of kicks it out. But these guys aren't figuring out how to like move the ball in an efficient way. So that's to me. If we knock down a couple of these shots, we're in this game. So I'm not too worried about Clifford and his rotations. I believe he's going to figure it out. These guys are going to figure it out. Um, but no matter what, if they're not knocking down shots, we're not winning games. So I have a question for you. Let's say we're down by, we're down one, with 11 seconds left. Who do you feel most comfortable on the entire team with getting like giving the ball and saying, "Get me one bucket right now." Right now. It would- to me, it would be Evan. You're most comfortable with Evan. Just saying. To, just just saying. Like, like you're not drawing up a play. You're you're just saying. Here's the ball. Like, go get me a bucket. Because you give the ball to Evan, what you're getting is a is a Vooch pick and roll. That's what you're getting. 100. percent And need, the other team knows that. Well, who are you going to count on to make a shot? I'm giving the ball to Fultz right now. I'm that confident with his ability to get to the rim right now. Even if he gets fouled, I'm going to pull up his, his his free throw percentage right now. But he's knocking down his free throws even. The reason that I'm saying that is because, like, right now, we have Markel Fultz in at the end of these games. Even last night when Ross checked in, I thought he was coming in for Fultz. No. Clifford checked out uh, Jonathan Isaac, which I don't understand taking out the guy who, um, you know, throughout the first few games was the best player on the team and by far has been our our best best defensive player. So Fultz right now is shooting 71% from the free throw line. Isn't amazing, right? Now, he's only getting to the free throw line. Let's see how many times a game right now. Less than two times a game, right? So kind of take it as 71% on 1.2 attempts per game through six games. Like, it's not a lot. But my thing is, like, if Fultz is in the game at the end of the games, he does us no good to be sitting in the corner on offense. Yeah. One... Evan doesn't even look Markel's way when Evan's got the ball in his hands. That's true. Right? Second, like, Markel is obviously not a great shooter at this point, but Clifford talked about it after the game that Markel Fultz and kind of the, you know, the, the thinking behind starting him is he's the guy on the team that is the absolute best penetrator. So just certain things, and Clifford says that you know he doesn't like to coach you know decisions or or shots that guys choose to to take, but that's part of being a, a coach. Is if guys are playing outside of themselves, you need to reel them back in because if not, it's detrimental to the rest of the team. If you've got Fultz out there, what is the thinking behind being okay with him sitting in the corner to to end the game? Yeah, no, give him the ball. Even Vooch can step out and hit a three sometimes. So you have possibly four shooters around him space the floor if he can get to the bucket and and you know score or kick it out to Aaron or any one of these guys I I don't know man just a lot of what's going on right now just doesn't make sense to me and 
it's it's frustrating to watch. To me, I'd rather see Evan at the end, um, just to take a shot. Fultz, I love Fultz, but he's still to me, he's got to show me more. Evan is and, probably the most and the guy I would be most comfortable with. Yeah, but like, but if we're Fultz com- in the game, you got to give him the ball. We're, yeah, we're comparing it to teams like Atlanta, um, you know, stuff like that. The Knicks. We still have to play a lot of these tougher teams, and right now I've, I'm more comfortable with Evan taking that final shot, um, whether it be a shot or driving it into the hole, whether or not it's a, a pick and roll with Vooch or whatever. To me, Evan's been that guy for a couple years now where, you know, for the right. Orlando Magic, we give him the ball. If he if he misses, makes, um, you know, it's here or there, but he's been our guy, and then – yeah, so for me right now it's Evan Fultz. If he continues to to grow though, and and he can prove that he can knock down a couple shots because he's been knocking down some shots, but closer in the paint, his three point shot is just garbage right now. Whoa, um, so it's I not great. It's not it's not good at all. Um, but besides that, I mean Fultz going to the basket and stuff is he's so good. He really you know, is. He's so crafty with the ball. Um, but yeah, it would be Evan. So like, where do you think? like the 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 feeling of like frustration from like not only me but like a lot of people right now and some people are like ready to burn you know the team to the ground or whatever but where do you think like that frustration is coming from at this point in the season you know being two and four after six games i mean it's just from the the lack of wins to me it's just like if we're winning the game whether it's by one point i I guarantee you if it's the same exact stats and we're playing the same exact way but we're winning games you know, we're not losing to Atlanta by four points and stuff like that. We're having a different... The problem is, though, you're not going to win games scoring 87 points like in no, today's NBA. I'm saying what I'm saying is a lot of fans look at the... They're not looking at, okay, we only scored or we're, we're shooting 40% from the field. We got to change that. Right. Obviously, we do have to change it. But if we've won these games right now people wouldn't be freaking out as much as they are right, right of you course know, that's that's my only thing is once these guys start making shots obviously you know field field goal percentage is going to go up um but then we're we're having a different different discussion if if this team can just start to hit like i really believe if if we can get terrence going it's going to completely change everything i just I don't mean to be like a Terrence Stan, which I like am to a certain degree, just because yeah. I think he's awesome and you know all that stuff. But it's like he, when a guy is making shots like that, it elevates the confidence of the rest of your team so much they feel like they can go out and hit any shot they want. Yeah. Now, guys on the team don't take the shots that Terrence takes. You know, and Clifford has said he kind of coaches him a little bit differently. You've got to let him kind of take those shots because he's a big shot taker and maker. Yeah, he is. But um, Josh Robbins was saying that um, Terrence has significantly – I don't remember the exact number, so forgive me, everybody. But he's taking significantly less what are categorized as wide open shots this season. Yeah, so he's those taking are, tougher shots. Those are, are shots that um, the closest defender is um, further than six feet away. Yeah. If you look at what are uh, categorized as open shots, which is – three feet or further away he's actually taking more than last year but my feeling is has been that he's taking more difficult shots this year than he has last year we're not getting him as many open looks but at the same time when he's getting open looks he's got to make them and right now he's not yeah I just feel like um you know the ball like we need we need some more off the ball screens guys moving around sometimes I'm 
sometimes you're just watching the game and you're like you're watching one person just dribble the ball and then everybody else is behind the three-point line just watching. standing there they're just watching and if you would just you know some off the ball screens some curls you know some cuts to the basket we're getting guys easier shots i mean there's there's been plays where you can go back and watch it on youtube where if they move if they move around these guys are getting better shots i mean it's just to me it's like common sense like you can't just stand there and expect something you know you can't you can't just you can't just stand there and then expect something to happen um while these guys are i don't know man it's just all right, I'm done. We we've we've vented enough. So much, yeah, yeah, let's let's get to some fan questions. So go for it. Um, at current op on Twitter, uh, wants to know how concerned are you six games in with Bamba and Ross? So let just for some reference, let's look at Bamba's stats real quick. So, uh, in five games that he's played, right, he is scoring four point eight points per game, and averaging four point six rebounds. Shooting 40% from the floor, 33% behind the arc, and 50% from the free throw line. What's your concern level after six games with Mo Bamba? With Mo, I mean, as long as he's doing what he needs to do on defense, I'm not too concerned right now. Um, But it's just like him setting these soft screens and stuff like that. The the rebound numbers need to go up. Right. Um, It's just like he's got to play with more aggression. He's got to play with more energy, man. That's like my biggest thing with him is that like I'm legitimately concerned at this point about his motor. Um, some of it, you know, he now has some you know leg soreness that that's the reason he's not playing on back to backs, you know, from the stress fracture that he had in his leg last year. So you've got to wonder if some of it is that. Uh, but like you said, man, I'm we knew that Mo is going to be like a four or five year project, right? Yeah. Mo is still only played like what fifty regular season games at this point. If that, yeah, he's played fifty two regular season games, so hasn't even played a full season yet. We know that his body still has to develop. He's got to get bigger. Um, he still has to develop a better feel for the game on offense and defense. I'm not concerned really with him uh, offensively. I would like to see him at some point. Um, build, you know, a post game that would just be huge for him. But uh, it feels like he does knock down shots at a at a decent clip. Uh, he's only shooting thirty three percent from the three point line, but nobody on the team right now is shooting the ball well, so I don't really hold that too much against him individually. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, as long as he's doing what he needs to do defensively, and he's not really blocking a lot of shots, you know, he's only averaging. Um, not even half a block a game. You know, last year it was about a block and a half. Uh, but if you look at the lineups on this team, we look at you know out of the lineups that have played at least ten minutes this year, the top four lineups, Mo Bamba is in three of them. Looking at some of those defensive ratings on those lineups, we're looking at a defensive rating of forty-eight, um, fifty-nine, seventy-one. Like that's all like elite defensive ratings as far as like a lineup goes now it's still only in like 10 minute spurts so it's a very small sample size but like the early numbers are really encouraging um I just feel like people really just don't like Mo and they're not being patient enough with him that they're looking to kill him at every turn but I don't feel like Mo has been nearly as bad as a lot of people um you know yeah, I don't think so either be. he's he's you know 
he's a, he's a project. He's going to continue to be a project. But the guy that I'm more concerned about so far um, is Terrence Ross. So looking at Terrence's stats so far to start the year, uh, we're looking at 8.7 points a game, 3.3 rebounds. He's shooting 27% from the floor. He's shooting 19% from three right now. Well, how concerned are you with Terrence Ross so far? I mean, the the shooting is concerning. Um, I believe he's going to pick it up. So for me, I'm not too worried about the team if right now, just because I feel like it's it's pretty early in the season, um, and there's a lot of other teams that are just starting off cold. And as the season progresses, you know, we're going to get better. Um, but that might be a completely different discussion after next week. Um, well. Kind of what you said earlier is this team is really a few shots away from being four and two, right? And I feel like this team is a few Terrence Ross shots away from being four and two. Like Terrence, regardless of how you feel about him, he made that much of a difference for us last year, averaging fifteen points, uh, almost three made threes a game, shot the ball thirty eight point three percent from the three point line. That's huge for your second unit, especially our second unit. On a team that struggles to score so much, it's no secret that five of our best players are in the starting lineup. Yeah. So to me, it's important for Ross to be the sixth man just so he can get some more time playing with that starting unit, playing with better players so he's not really the focus on defense. Uh, just feels like in that second unit, anytime he touches the ball, these teams are sending you know two guys at him at at all times yeah. just to get the ball out of his hands. So I am concerned with Terrence right now. Mostly just concerned about uh, his confidence, but uh, it's to me obviously it's on him to start knocking down open shots. But it's also on you know um, Clifford and on this team to get him better looks. Uh, you know, just all the way around. So yeah. not overly concerned with Terrence, but I can say that my concern with this offense grows a little bit more, you yeah, know, I basically mean, after each game. Ross, Ross averaging 8.7 points right now. Yeah. Compared to the, the 15 points he was averaging last season. It's, it's not a, good enough. It's a big drop off, you know, and the field goal percentage you just said, um, three point percentage, he's just not knocking it. He's not knocking anything down. Um, but I, I just think he's just cold right now. I think it will get going. So, like I said, I'm not too worried about him. But um, after next week, uh, we might be having a different, different conversation. Well, the good thing, like so far, you know, the Magic are fourth in the entire league in defensive rating, right? But if we go and we look at the offensive numbers, like let's just look at points per game. Orlando Magic dead last, last. in the entire league. You can't be top four you know, defensively, and then the absolute worst offensive team in the entire league, like we're, we won't even make the playoffs at that rate. So offense has got to come around. I think it will, uh, but it's just been a very frustrating, you know, first week and a half, especially just talking about the team offensively. So before we wrap things up this week, uh, let's go ahead and just take a, a look ahead to next week's game. So coming up on Tuesday, we've got the first night of a back-to-back. So we're at Oklahoma City and then at Dallas on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and then Friday, we're home for Memphis. Sunday, we're home for Indiana. So looking at Oklahoma City, so right now they're 2-4, and four, but they've had close losses to Utah, to Houston, and Portland. <laughs> yeah. So that's a team that could easily be like 5-1 and one right now. Yeah. Like easily. Um, and then looking at Dallas, like 
Luca and Porzingis have been so good together, especially so early in the season. I think between the two of them, they're averaging like almost 50 points a game, like 47 points per game, or just something crazy like that. Luca has been amazing, but they've also uh, they're at three and two. They've had close losses to Portland and an overtime loss to the Lakers, Lakers the other yeah. night. So they're another team that could easily be five and one. So we've got a couple of you know tough games coming up, especially that being a back to back. We know that we're not going to see Mo and at least one of those. Um, I, I don't really know which one of those it's going to be. Um, I would think that he's going to play uh, in Oklahoma City just because they, you know, they're going to have a couple, you know, days off. But but we'll see. Um, and then we've got Friday. You know, Memphis. They're one and four right now. They have one overtime win against Brooklyn at home. John Morant is averaging almost 19 points per game right now. I think that's probably going to be my pick for, for rookie, rookie of the year. Yeah. I know there's a few guys that are playing a little bit better right now, but with Zion missing time, I just think that John Morant is the, the next best guy in that entire yeah. uh, class. And then on Sunday, we're home for Indiana. Right now, they're 2-3. and three. Uh, Brogdon has been averaging 22 points per game. Uh, if Malcolm Brogdon is the best player on your team, you're probably not really going to win a whole lot of games. I mean, you're probably going to be decent, mediocre, but uh, they're just biding their time and kind of, you know, waiting for Oladipo yeah, to come back. Yeah, for Vic to come back. But, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma City, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Chris Paul. Dude, Chris Paul is looking thin. I know he's, like, completely, like, vegan and, like, plant-based and everything like that, I'm yeah. pretty sure, but, like, He's looked kind of chunky the last couple of years in like Houston and LA, but like that dude looks like like New Orleans Chris Paul right now. He's yeah, lo- he's man. lost he's, a lot of he's weight. He's not playing really that good. bad either. So yeah, and then uh, once again, Luca and and uh, and uh, Porzingis have, have just looked great. So uh, a tough week here, uh, but will back to back at OKC at Dallas and then home from Memphis and Indiana. What are you feeling like we go this week? coming up here i mean if we're playing the way we're playing it's not looking good all right well but let's not be negative let's, i think let's i think we, we can beat oklahoma city horse. um we can defensively i believe we can slow down um you know dallas Porzingis and and luca so i think a lot of these games are winnable you know what i'm saying so um hopefully at least three and one um yeah that's looking the- you know Definitely, um, I definitely feel very confident in saying, you know, we'll beat Memphis and we'll beat Indiana, and then I think we split, um, you know, the 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 road trip. I don't know exactly how it's going to break down, but I I just think, you know, back to back right now, especially unless the offense really gets rolling like really really quickly. Um, I mean, if the offense gets going, I could seeing. I mean, it's it's hard to say that you're going to go four and zero on any. Yeah, stretch I don't want to say NBA. we're going I don't want to say that, but. I'm comfortable with saying if the team plays well, we could go three and one. Uh, worst case scenario, you go two and two, and then you know after two weeks of the season, you're sitting at four and six, which isn't the end of the world. But yeah, obviously you want to do a little bit better than that. But yeah, hopefully we don't play down, you know, to our competition because Memphis is a is a winnable game, um, and so is Indy. Like you, said. we don't beat so Memphis I if mean, we don't. If we go zero and four on this, you can just shoot me in my face. Yeah, if if we go zero and four, that's a it's not good. It's not gonna be good. It's and you know good. these are games that we need to win for later on in the season. We don't want it to be as close as it was last year, right? You know, so yeah, sweating it out and like basically almost having. I mean, we had to beat Boston. If we didn't yeah. beat Boston, we would have had to beat the Hornets, which just would have been a nightmare. But um, and yeah. I mean, no team is going easy on us. You nope. know, so and you Mi- made the playoffs last year. Miami's coming in hot too. Yeah, they're like, what five and one. I believe something so, like something like that. But you know, Jimmy Butler just came in. He didn't start the season. 
Um, he had a, a child and stuff like that, so he, he stayed home with the family. Um, and they've been playing well without him, with him. Tyler Hero's been going off. I think like, the only team we're ahead of right now in the Southeast Division is the Wizards. Yeah, it's just not. It's I not mean, looking. Charlotte's good Charlotte's right ahead now. of us. The Hawks are ahead of us. You know, it's it's not looking and good I, right I'm now. I'm not worried. I, I believe we're going to catch yeah, up. But I'm the grand scheme of things. I'm not worried about the overall season. I'm just worried about like you know, like I my emotions go with this team from game to game. Yeah. So. Uh, that's just the way it is when you're a diehard fan, but you know it is what it is. But looking a, a, even a little bit further to next week, uh, on the 13th, uh, the Orlando Magic play uh, Philadelphia at home. Uh, that's going to be, I mean, now that Markel Fultz is starting, that's going to be his first regular season game that he's going to start uh, against Philadelphia, against his, his old team. And we actually might even be at Philadelphia for that game. Let me look that up, actually. But the reason that I'm bringing that up is the fact that uh, on the 13th, uh, at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Oldsmar on Tampa Road, uh, we are going to be having uh, one of our meetups once again. I talked to the general manager at the Buffalo Wild Wings last week. He said, you know, we won't have any problems, uh, you know, reserving room and everything like that for us at the venue. So that game, I believe I'm double-checking on that right now, but I believe that game starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, yep, that game starts at 7 o'clock, and we are at home for that game. But uh, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, or if you're not going to the game and you live in Orlando and you're feeling froggy and want to make the drive over to Tampa, <laughs> please come out. Uh, this is going to be at like the third or fourth one of these events that we've done. Yeah. It's always you know a, a lot of fun. Always a good um, time. Just come on out, you know, have a beer, have some wings, just chill, you know, kick back, enjoy the game with some, you know, fellow Magic fans. It's going to be a lot of fun. So once again, November 13th uh, at the uh, Buffalo Wall Wings in Oldsmar off of Tampa Road. So make sure you guys come out and hang out with us. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Will, you got anything left? No, that's it. Just hopefully we win. Hopefully we win. Let's let's get back on track this week. You know, go Magic. And uh, we'll be feeling a lot better next week if, uh, you know, we go 3-1 and one or 4-0, and oh, uh, you know, across these next four. But like you said, man, nobody's taking yeah. it easy on us. It's going to be a well, tough season. To everybody out there, just stay positive. Yeah, stay know, positive. If, if you're uh, – I know it's hard with, you know, some of these trolls on social media. A lot of people are being super negative. But, you know, just uh, if, if you believed in this team, you know, two weeks ago, you know, we saw what they did last year um, in those last 31 games – and this is a better team, uh, at least from a talent standpoint, yeah. than we had last year. So plenty of time to turn it around yeah, and, and stay positive. Yeah, early season. It's, we, we still got a long way to go. Long way to go. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Six Man Show for my boy Will and Jonathan. And we will catch you guys next time. See you. See you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!